to the Warren Beast Podcast, the podcast that says, wherever you go, our spark shall find yours. I'm Greg. I'm Emily. I'm Jordan. And I'm Kendall. And this week we are reviewing season two. Uh, oh, crap, I forgot what. Season two, episode six. Six. Other Visits, part one. I almost lost count of the episode there. <laughs> but yeah, it's the, this is our first two-parter of the season. I think... Yeah. No. The, yeah. Oh no! Wait, it's the second two stories coming, yeah, coming out of the future. Yeah, that's why I was okay. Yeah. yeah, that's why I was confused there. I was like, wait, didn't we have a two-parter already? Yeah. Because I think we we get, I think it's two two-parters and then a three-parter at the end of this season. But it's the best three-parter. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's episode uh, thirty-two of our no thirty. We're 30, thirty-three because nope, we're off a bit because yeah. thirty-one was a little bit of a. <laughs> 31 yeah. was 31 33 is we... not counting bonus episode. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so 7 of the 13 episodes are um this is my this is my uh IMDb segment because there's no trivia. <laughs> we moved oh, it to that, that fast. There's no there's no like happens circumstance or what is that? Happen I can't think of that Happens serendipity. No, there's no like um popping something like I don't know. Pomp and circumstance. Yeah, that's it. Pomp and circumstance. So lead us into the IMDb. Dum 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 dum. I ruined everything by getting that wrong. That's not the right song either, is it? He's the chief, and you need him. That's Hail to the chief. That's not pomp and circumstance. No, is that a song? Pomp and circumstance. Yeah, it's yes, it's the song they play at graduations, but I can't remember how it goes right now. Also, it's also just a phrase, I think. Yes, yes. Yes. And if I remember correctly, it was also the theme that the Macho Man used for his entrance. Oh yeah, cream rises to the top. Exactly. <laughs> that's gonna that's Jeez. gonna bug me throughout the whole episode. What the, <laughs> what, what the tune to pomp, pomp, and cir- pomp and circumstances? That's oh, it. you know what? I'm gonna be putting that in as the the break music then so the, for this episode. So the so the listeners will know. <laughs> the listeners yeah. will know, but I won't. Um, there was a song I was thinking about to put for the break, but I forget what it was now. <laughs> I'll get so, reminded as we watch. But yeah, so seven of the seven of the thirteen episodes are um, are part whatever, and then also aftermath is definitely like part sort of. It's like the last part or of the next of, of the of the last season. Like yeah. So, yeah. so eight of the thirteen episodes, at least, if there's not another episode that's like actually a third parter or whatever, are mm-hmm. are going to be are going to be mythology episodes. So that's yes. that's a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Although Even one of while, my fa- one like of so one far, of my all time favorite episodes is a standalone in this mm-hmm. season. So I mean, like it's a smaller season, so like more of the episodes are going to be uh, mythology ones, really. Yeah, that's that's kind of true. They well, weren't have... there weren't there only like six? How many how many two parters were in season one? Uh, uh, I can find out. I, was I, I, I'm in three. IMDb, so so uh, Beast Wars Part One and Part Two. 
the trigger uh, part one and part two, and then other voices, uh, other voices. part one, part two. So yeah. there were so, three. Yeah. So and then and then even if you count before the storm as as a mythology, like as as adding to that, I don't yeah. think there's really. I mean, I guess the well, I'm pretty sure Chain of Command also had some had the beginning of yeah. Had, that's, had some that's beginning of the thing, so yeah. but it was a self-contained. Well, like, it was more one episode thing. I I guess. Well, was the when was was that the one with? Chain the of Command was, when they was introduced the, 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 the these other aliens. Okay. That, that's the episode where they were introduced. Yeah. Okay. okay. So 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 in other words, that means there are so if there's eight, so there's twice as many episodes in the first season, but the same number of mythology episodes. Yeah. That's that's yeah. interesting. At least by this arbitrary system that we've deemed <laughs> that the two parties are all mythology episodes and chain of command and after well, and no, aftermath. It just so happens yeah, most, that the, most the two parties, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, because I mean, you could you could also argue that the other two episodes in this season so far are pretty mythology heavy because yeah. because there's there's the the ongoing saga of the golden disc and uh, and the and then the um, the spiders one. Oh, I feel like that had something pretty heavy mythology related in it. Well, it sort of it planted the seeds for what we're going to be seeing later on with Tarantulas's lair, and a few other things like a few other characters. Yeah, it was uh, more that motivation. one. Was, I would call that one as as self contained. Like the thing is, the storytelling style so far in this season has kind of changed, where we're where we're not. Um, we're not resetting the status quo at the end of every episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and that probably is because they knew that they had fewer episodes for each season. So they had to try and fit yeah. the story in a bit more. Yeah. May, yeah. Rather maybe. than a bit more fill, rather than having a lot of filler or they knew, or they specifically knew how many episodes they were going to get. Like, I, you know, it might've been in the first season, they might've, like not known whether it was going to be a whole season or half a season or uh, yeah, that's certainly possible. Too. It's just, it's just, in- it's interesting. The storytelling style has, has definitely changed between, uh, between season one and season two. And I really, it's so weird. Cause when I was a kid, I hated filler episodes. Like I always wanted to know the mythology, you know, the, the best episodes are, like I was watching uh, Rurouni Kenshin the other day, and there's like a whole series of episodes where they're fighting people and like staring at each other and saying things that are significant, and then at the end of the episode they defeat somebody that's like a character who they've been building up for weeks and weeks and weeks. And those episodes were my favorite as a kid of those types of shows. But um, nowadays I just want some random guy to show up into town and for Rurouni Kenshin to bonk him on the head with his reverse blade sword. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, yeah. Like I just, I like the, I like filler episodes and, and monster of the week type episodes of lots of shows a lot more than, uh, than just sort of over the top mythology episodes. And not that this, and actually this episode was good. Like legitimately, like I, I feel like this episode might have been the first time that we had the an alien centric episode that I was like, oh, this is what everybody's talking about, like why they're mm-hmm. why they're so cool. Because um, yeah. I thought this episode was pretty cool. But uh, what's uh, what's in uh, TF Wiki, Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> All right, now on to the TF Wiki. Um, so it mentions uh, 
it mentions some continuity continuity notes, you know, things that are falling around, uh, such as the at, near towards the end of the episode, Blackwater mentions that uh, she was able to glean stuff from Tarantula's mind due to the mental leak that they shared, and she was able to get him to get rid of Entangle Web. Uh, <laughs> Rhinox expresses ill feelings towards Dinobot for his actions during the yeah. War. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, definitely throwing some shade there. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it also mentions that there are quite a few references to previous encounters to, with the aliens, which makes sense considering uh, both Rattrap and Rackney have referred to the aliens' previous super weapon, the uh, the Planet Buster. Yeah. Uh, while Optimus makes several references to the truce and his own death that occurred due to the last event. In fact, yeah. I think he pretty much, I think he actually called it a joke. So I yeah. think he agreed with you there, Kendall. Uh, yeah, he definitely yeah, agreed with yeah. Kendall. Yeah, yeah, I, I got that line. I was like, "Yep." The last truce was Ken, a joke. That's is just what he Kendall said. talking for the show. And I was, and I, and and you know, actually, you know what my response to that was, and it was a bad joke. <laughs> um, and then it mentions a, uh, a gadget and power that uh, Optimus carries around a thing that he places on the con- unconscious cheater's chest in order to restore him to consciousness. Which I thought was like supposed to be a defibrillator type thing, but I'm like, why would they? Why would they have to like restart him? It's a, a robot. Pack. You have to it's restart him. That's that makes sense. You know what it looked like to me? It looked like one of those conference call phones that you see in an office. Yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a couple of real world references as well. Uh, <laughs> the main one being the fight between Ronix and Inferno. Where oh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it's, it's just <laughs> to Rock'em Sock'em and, you know, Inferno's head popping up at the end like that is, yeah. is just all <laughs> all a reference to that old toy. Honestly, um, I can understand why the Japanese one went more comedic because they honestly went more comedic in the English one, too. It just went yeah. to a higher extreme. Japanese. And then uh, Wasp Vader says he's pinned like an iron butterfly, yes. which, you know, is a reference to the 1960s psychedelic rock band. <laughs> I knew uh, he was referencing something, but I didn't get the reference. <laughs> uh, and they actually mentioned that the original script called for the alien plan to lure Tigatron and Airazor in with a stasis pod containing a blank. Like, I guess like an actual like um, pitcher plant or Venus flytrap kind of thing. Oh, hmm. I kind of like, I kind of like better how they handle this here rather than you know, sort of teasing it with a blank, blank protoform, though. Yeah. Okay, I looked up the sheet music for Pomp and Circumstance because this is really <laughs> bothering me. It goes, it goes, da 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 Cool. I was about to say you could have just looked it up on YouTube, and then I realized that with your recording, it would have come <laughs> up on the recording. Well, I was like, I was like, I could look it up on, I, I, yeah, that's, I, I can't look it up on that computer for YouTube. I, but I could look it up on this computer for YouTube, but then it might cause that computer to crash. I was trying to figure out <laughs> if I had my other set of headphones that I could look it up on my phone, but I do not have those with me in my pocket. So I was like, wait a minute, I'm good at music. I'll just pull up the. Uh, Pull up the sheet music, and I knew that if I saw it, I'd recognize. I'd be able to like hear the tune in my head. So cool. Yeah, I didn't know you, I didn't know you could read sheet music. So that's cool. 
Yeah, I was a I was a music major for a year in college before I decided to be a rock star. <laughs> and that was a exclusive Kendall Holman cover on the on the episode here. <laughs> at least at least you can read music unlike Metal Apocalypse. Oh, they can't read. Well, music, no, no, though. they that's just was the joke in one of their episodes. Well, I yeah. think a lot of bands can't read music. I think the Beatles. Can't <laughs> yeah, well, I I just love it. It's like like they gave them. Like they some they accidentally summoned that troll in uh what was it in was it Sweden or Norway? <laughs> and they had oh. to try and they had to try and, and they had to try to stop it and so the all but there was no electricity, so they had to use acoustic They had to acoustic, use grandpa's like, guitars? Yeah, they had to use and they were and they're like, Well it's like, Well what are you do and it's like, What are you doing? That doesn't sound like the song at all and it's like, Well, and like Toki's like, well, guys, I've got to, I got to admit something. I can't read music, and then and, and the others are like, well, yeah, me neither. Like, what? Do you guys either? No, no, I just, just been kind of just hitting things and hoping for the best. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, oh I, I don't read music generally for guitar. I like I could, but uh, I also was, you know, a trombone player for. Years and years and years, and uh, you got to read the music for the trombones. Yeah, and I played the drums where you actually had to tune them, so I had to learn how to read sheet music. <laughs> Though it's been years since I ever did it, so I probably have completely forgotten now. So, oh well. But yeah, anyway, we've got an episode to review. Yeah, do we? So, <laughs> this do has we been have the any Kendall more uh, stuff? Technically, we could talk about the Japanese thing, but I don't know if we want to kind of. Open that can of worms, or do you- they they mis they mishandled uh, Airazor being a boy and hitting on Tigertron, and then they kind of just started like they had a romance, and it was a gay romance, I guess, and that's what happened. Yeah, <laughs> summarized yeah. it super quick. <laughs> I could it also wasn't mention- handled very well, but I would argue that this wasn't like th- this wasn't uh, super uh, signposted. Yeah. No. No. I also, but, 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 there, but the homophobia wasn't there, so that makes it better. <laughs> yeah, that, that's nice. Uh, the title, the title, by the way, was "A Ohanaga," which is "Huh, the flower." <laughs> that was the title. That was the title in Japan. Huh, a flower? Huh, weird. <laughs> it's a flower. Weird, huh? Huh. <laughs> that's basically. I mean, that basically describes that scene. Ares is like, huh, no, I think they're like, oh, this is so pretty. He's like, you're so like, pretty. And yeah, they're like, like I'm num, 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 num on their faces. I like, <laughs> <laughs> should have done that. <laughs> would have made a better scene. Oh, my. It would have been pretty Andy. funny, though. Let them kiss. <laughs> they they were going to. They were I was going to let them. They should have let them do yeah. it. Like, God damn it. Uh, I'll talk. I got opinions. We'll talk about it when we get to that scene. Okay. <laughs> okay. I got I got some, opinions? some specific opinions. <laughs> but yes. I wanna I wanna let us get I wanna let us get into the episode first. Yeah. So yeah. Um to open up the episode, at first I thought that my player was acting up because I got a bunch of static and I was like, Oh my god, yeah. and then all of a sudden we get the grid well not the grid, like not the Tron grid, but a grid. I don't like, think anyone was confused about that. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad Just you mentioned sure. that. I mean. <laughs> uh, the morphing um, grid? <laughs> but yeah. I like, um, this, like this like 640 resolution computer screen. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks like Windows 3.1 menus with Cybertronics in them. 
and then we get the Maximal logo in the corner, and then essentially Slowly, we get the, Illuminati's confirmed. Yeah, Illuminati's <laughs> confirmed with the flying island, and then the discs. So, so yeah, it's almost like a Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> um, I wanted to point out that uh, remember that like one symbol that we saw a lot on the floating island, like the little yes. archer guy. Mm-hmm. Like that's on the di- that's on the golden disc. Yeah. But it's not uh, one of the ones that, that they point out during no. this little sequence. Like, I guess because it's, it's like a, a, a subtopic rather than a, than a main topic. I guess. Mm. <laughs> on the triangle, these things are here, so be wary of that. On the Illuminati Island. Well, it's a little weird, yeah, because we get the, the Illuminati logo sort of thing from, from the Pyramid uh, of the Flying Island. Then we had the... Um, the Standing Stones had a I don't symbol remember, on one of the stones. Yeah, symbol on one yeah, of the stones, but which I, don't I never remember I, I think this is them doing a retcon kind of. It was there, guys? Believe me, okay. <laughs> and by the way, do you guys think Illuminati Island would be anything like Adventure Island, or do you think it'd be a little different? I don't know. I think it uh, would be like Adventure Island, except you would never know you were on Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> or have more Deus Ex. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny when we say there was a retcon, I keep thinking back to, I almost want to say, like, it was totally there. Totally. Totally. <laughs> totally there. Totally. Yeah. So so we get that image, and then there was, I have no idea how they managed to pluck this image from the little alien plant ship from season one. They somehow managed to glean some sort of a shape from it, and there are three shapes that are on the disc. Um We've got Rhinox and Dinobot who are examining the no, disc. No, it was the plant hut, you mean. Oh, yes, the plant hut. The, the funky, yeah, it was weird. Yeah, but I don't know how they... Well, isn't that, like, because wasn't it, like, a big aerial like, view, I think? They must have had to look yeah, at it. it, was, it wasn't yeah, actual, it wasn't the actual hut, either. It was, like, cause remember how when they first got there, it was just, like, a crater? Yeah. yeah it was and it, like there, a wasn't, there wasn't, there wasn't a hut the part. There was, just, there was just, like, a flat thing. Yeah, and then after they got there, it got like the the dome. So, That's I mean, true. Like, yeah, yeah. But um, so they managed to to see that you know it's obviously not a coincidence that all three of these shapes have a, have appeared here and also appear on the alien golden disc that they presently have in their possession. Uh, Rhinox then proceeds to get the computer to sort of identify the three locations of where those sites were in relation to their base. And it turns out to be like pretty much a triangle, like it completely triangulated their, uh, their base in the middle of these three locations. It was a weird shaped triangle though. It was, but I mean, you couldn't deny that it was like a triangulation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they were, they were all equidistant from the base. Yeah. So it would be an equilateral triangle. What was weird about it was that it was on an angle for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it was like tilted in a, uh, yeah. like you looked at it from the side and it was tilted downwards. Well, cause of like one of flat. them was, one of them was, uh, was from, was up in the air cause it was the floating island. Oh uh, yeah. That makes, that makes um, sense. And, yeah. and it actually, it wasn't an equilateral triangle. It was oh. a, yeah. I mean, that's why it was a weird shape. 
But the thing is about I just this just I just realized this this is probably how geometry works. Um, <laughs> the reason that you can triangulate something is that you would draw the like you would take the three corners of the triangle and draw a line like whatever size triangle it is you would draw a line and the it's the point where all the lines are the same distance. Mm-hmm. So that, that I mean I assume that I think that's how geometry works. Um, so it wouldn't necessarily have yeah it wouldn't necessarily have to be an an equilateral triangle for that to be a thing. And so when they say we're starting to see a pattern here, so they all they really know is that it's going to be you know somewhere in a within the three hundred and sixty degree. There's they could probably create a circle of all the of every single place that's exactly 1.83 clicks uh from their you know from their uh you know in their ra- within a rate uh, that a radius yeah. uh, and that would be how they would have some idea as to where it is although how they're able to predict that it's exactly going to be where tigertron and air razor are is a little bit different although maybe they just saw that tigertron and air razor are going to be approaching one of those areas and so yeah I think they're, like, they're, they're in that area so they're going to warn them they didn't really know that they were going to come exactly right to it but you know yeah but tigertron's led there as we'll see later for, for reasons yeah this is an episode we needed uh the guy the ghostbusters guy because he knows things about math and science <laughs> you mean joe joe yeah. yeah that's his name <laughs> i can't remember our guest names Horrible. I mean, I recognize it when I see him on Facebook. Isn't that enough? <laughs> that's a good start. I guess that's between you and Joe. <laughs> yeah. They, you, you remember who was on our podcast last week? <laughs> um, Eric? No. <laughs> that's on purpose. That was on purpose. <laughs> no. No, that was... Apologies to our guest Casey from last week. <laughs> I was, anyway, I was doing my best you, 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 uh, tarantula You can't get a chance scare. to screw it up now because you said it. Damn. Yeah. But yes, um, so they seem to notice a pattern, and Rhinox has a computer sort of start figuring out where there might be other uh, locations. He has it scan, scan by grid to maximum range for probable locations of alien constructs. Uh, we get Dinobot, who moves over to the center console, and is looking at like a little grid shape and he's getting a bit frustrated saying that tracking the ruins is a waste of time and that Megatron is a greater threat. And then Rhinox all of a sudden comes over and says, yeah, well giving him back the golden disc didn't help. Shade throw. Yeah. <laughs> Mike drop. Dino was like, I had my reasons as I told Optimus. And then Rhinox is like, sometimes Optimus trusts too much. Oh, dang, shit! So he had his reasons. What are his... Like, that's... that's That, like... There was so much... There was something to that line. Like, I think... I think that... Uh, that Dinobot knew that they weren't going to get any meaningful information from the... From the primary golden disc. Or he had already pulled all the information. Or he knew that actually, like... Megatron already had all that information or something like I think uh-huh. he knew something he did have his own reasons like he was he he gave th- there's a reason that he gave that golden disc to Megatron and not the alien disc well because 
the reason he gave it to that one to Megatron was because that was the one he could get to because the other one was in the maximal base. <laughs> and um, his reasons were that like he didn't he thought they were gonna like beat the aliens more than the Maximals could, I guess, and thought that like the Predacons would win and that he would die otherwise. That's where he, those were his reasons. Well, I mean, that's maybe that's what he said. I think there's more to it. <laughs> Like he, cause, cause when he, when he, in that first scene last episode, when he said, when he said something along the lines of Megatron is moving forward with this, with or without the golden, with or without that disc, I, I think that it was more, I mean, maybe he was, maybe he was trying to, uh, to get in Megatron's good graces, but I think that he realized that, that that one, um, I mean, the point of that golden disc, I mean, if it's the, if it's the disc from, if it is the disc from Voyager, is just to find where Earth was. So once they knew, once he knows that they're on Earth, that golden disc doesn't really have a lot of additional use. Why would Megatron want it back? Because he doesn't know that. Because Megatron's not smart, like, uh, See, like Dinobots. I got the impression that that Megatron might have wanted the golden disc back because it has sort of a record of the timeline for the planet. So I almost wonder if maybe he thought that it's some way of Megatron being able to determine what can and can't be changed. Mm-hmm. And that that's why he was talking about destiny and fates being able to be changed and whatnot. Although it's that, w- it's that would make sense. You know, it's weird how he seemed to, I don't know. He was almost, I almost got the impression that he was sort of hinting that he knew what his own fate would be, even though he really shouldn't. So, I don't know. Maybe it, was a maybe, bit weird. It says, maybe it says Predacons win, and like that, like he's like assuming that he died then, kind of thing, right? Yeah. Well, I suppose. Maybe it says Dinobot died. Well, it could be too. We never, we, we don't know at this point. <laughs> at the very beginning, it says, like, it says Yo, Dinobot, I know you. Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, like, right on my disc, it says, like, Yo, Dinobot, I know you're reading this, punk. You're going to die. <laughs> You're gonna die. They're gonna have to find a place to bury you with your ass in the air. Put a place for your back. So, quick Snape kills Dumbledore story. Um, oh, yeah. So, so when I uh, when I went to see Watchmen, I went with a, a group of friends. Which, by the way, uh, I I really like the Watchmen movie. Uh, I nearly broke my leg going to see Watchmen. Worth it. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> worth it. <laughs> How'd that happen? Uh, stepped in a pothole when I wasn't looking. Oh, jeez. This is some bad yeah. potholes. Yeah. Yeah, and like, you know what? And, kept, and Dr. Manhattan could have saved that. He could have turned the pothole into fucking snowflakes. Yeah, he could have. Anyway, um, I'm not sure how that would have helped, because then you would have just slipped on the <laughs> snow. Well, um, would have been better than the grapefruit-sized ankle that I had for the, for that movie. But anyway, Ow. anyway, so it was it was at the it was at the the midnight showing, and I'm there with the with the group, and uh, and at the very beginning, like I I shout out I shout out I say Snape kills Dumbledore, you know because <laughs> why because like like I don't know because I was saying because uh, I was it was like a, a, a spoiler like shouting out a spoiler that Snape kills Dumbledore, and this was sign- this was you know five years after the book came out, so. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I guess even more than five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Signi- plenty of time that that, was a, that that was a thing. Also, it was still a funny joke back then. Just, you know, you got <laughs> to gotcha. put yourself right. into 2009. Um, 
it was cl- trust me, it was clever at the time. Okay, <laughs> uh, I suppose <laughs> maybe it didn't age well. Whatever. Uh, but this this girl that I was uh, that I was kind of kind of dating at the time, she like she's like what. I was like, yeah, you know, like in Harry Potter. She's like, I only watch the movies. I don't read the books. And she's like super <laughs> upset that I spoiled that for me. Six months yeah, well. later, I get a phone call. She had just seen uh, the, what is it, Half-Blood Prince that where, the, that where that happens. Because the movie yeah. had come out and she's she's like... She's like everybody. I was I was so upset. I didn't see that coming at all. Everyone was looking at me. And I was and they were and and they they were like that's what happens in the book. And and I was like I only watched the movies. I'm like I told you I spoiled that for you six months ago. <laughs> but, you know, uh, women. Well, am I, I right? Had, I wish I had a mind like hers because I remember spoilers way too well. Someone tells yeah, me. Yeah, same here. <laughs> she's 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 a lucky girl, honestly. <laughs> You know, you know, women. Am I right? No, uh, but not not all women. Uh, <laughs> hashtag um, not all women. I don't. I don't even know. I uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just, about to say Emily is about to reach through the microphone. Yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just, I don't know what to say. <laughs> no, 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 but just yeah, that was. I don't know. I just think it's funny because, yeah, it is. That's a pretty major spoiler to completely forget about, especially if it's a a fandom that that you're a you know a fan of. Uh, but yeah, also any any excuse to bring up the Watchmen movie. Hmm. What were we Man. talking about? Yes, we we're we we're talking about the episode. Snape kills Dumbledore. I don't uh. remember what in what context though. We're talking about we're talking about Dinobot's motivations because of his okay. thing that he said. Okay. Yeah. And, okay. then, and now, and now, Rhinox is like aliens. Oh no, computers like aliens and are detected. Yeah, and yeah, and it's uh, it's detected. Um, Rhinox realizes that Tigertron and Air Razor are headed for the grid that the the alien signal is detected at. Um, Dinobot goes to try and contact them and realizes that the signal is jammed because of a new jamming station that Megatron has built. So only one Rhino- person would give me the raspberry. <laughs> yeah so Rhinox is trying to still get a hold of people he can't uh, Dinobot says that he and Rattrap will go destroy the station he sort of looks back at Rhinox with a pretty bad looking glare because Rhinox is throwing all that shade at him yeah I like how he's like me and Rattrap buddies we'll do it <laughs> like he's like got tighter with them yeah I thought yeah. for a second there he was going to like try and apologize in in, in his own way Mm. Which is meet me on the field of battle, and we'll settle this like me- like predicons. Like yeah. predicons. That would help his case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, it was. It was certainly you could feel the tension. Like the, I, there's I, I, still I, quite a bit of fallout, I think, from from last episode. I do like that the Dinotron. Uh, the Dinotron. <laughs> Dinobot shows like legitimate concern for like a Tigertron eraser. Like, he's like upset that he can't get through to them, and he's like, "They're gonna trigger the defenses." Shit! Like he's seems like he's like, and you know, after what happens later, he seemed like he was legitimately upset about it too. Although he reacts to it differently than the other ones. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but that's just that's just how he handles things. I feel like you know. Yeah. Well, you would have thought that he would have wanted to hold the funeral. Yeah, <laughs> once true. again, once again, well, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll touch on that. 
I, I suppose I got a little ahead of myself there. But uh, we, we cut over to uh, Tarantulas now, who's working on a web in his new lair. And uh, he's talking about how it would be going so much quicker if he had some help. Um, but that everybody is too busy with Megatron's scheme. And he, he's about to say even that vial, and then he gets cut off by the computer saying that an ener- alien energy matrix has been detected. So he seems pleased that something's come up. And uh, he says, I knew some trace of my prey would be left. I want so, to point out that it seems like uh, that they took our advice and and they stopped making his little thing move. His, his little mouth, that's not a mouth thing. It doesn't yeah. open anymore. So that's good. You mean, yeah. oh, just say it, Em. It, it, it's his dick beak. Oh, I don't want to say it because it's, it's, it's factually wrong because it's his chest piece. <laughs> so that's why I'm not saying that. His chest beak. Uh yeah, that doesn't that doesn't move anymore when he's in beast form, so that's good. I hope that I hope that stays. I hope I hope they like realize that it looks fucking weird. And it's like, yeah, we're, it was too late in that episode to change it, so they didn't. But you know, the feet. But yeah, he, ref- he, ref- thing, he refers the, to the aliens as his prey, which is interesting. The design, his, his tra- metal tarantulas' design is just so weird. Like, I don't know whether I like it or not. I mean, I think I, I don't like, like it, it a lot. Maybe the fact that I'm so weirded out by it is good. But I also think I also feel like now that Tarantulas is like full on like not a Predacon like he's not on the Predacons team anymore, like overtly, he's I don't like him as much. I liked it better when he was slowly, you know, you when when it when he seemed more he felt more in control. Now he feels like he's kinda gone off the rails. Hmm. Interesting so you for the person say... who is pro Predacon. <laughs> Well, you're saying his obsession with de- destroying the aliens and uh, singling himself away from the Predacons is try- kind of driving you away from him? <laughs> I-, I hear you. I, I understand. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's a co- I think it's a combination of that and, like, the yeah, the his transmetal design, I'm just, like, I'm back and forth on it. Like, sometimes I, there are some things about it that I really like, but I don't like the, I don't like the feet thing, because... In this episode, he didn't have the dick beak moving as much, but like, <laughs> although it's still like kind of there, but, yeah. but also like his, his little mandibles or whatever those things are, like the, the, the robot feet, like he's using it, he uses them more for feet than in this episode, and it's weird. Um, I like the design a lot, and I think part of that, though, is that I don't like spiders, so him not being, like, more... Him as being less realistic as possible is good for me. (laughs) Robot (laughs) spiders don't scare me, so I'm saying. (laughs) I think if I ran into a giant robot spider, it would probably scare me, but, uh... I mean, yeah, but it doesn't scare me, like, like just looking at an image of a spider can scare me. I guess I don't... I, I don't have the fear of spiders that some people have. Maybe it's because I was brought up with Spider Man. (laughs) <laughs> I love. Hey, dude! Spider Man was my favorite superhero for the longest time. I still don't like spiders. <laughs> and I think that that is kind of my one. The my my one friend is. is like a huge fan of Drow and Drizzt, and he like hates spiders, which is like the hugest thing about Drow. Indeed. Yeah, but I again, think, kind of mostly books. I was gonna say, I think I'm like most people, where I'm pretty fine with uh, spiders until they land on me. Yeah, <laughs> I remember I was playing like a like a what is that? game legion no it's a korean mmo that's vanilla mm. 
mm. lineage lineage 2 i played oh, lineage yeah. 2 and there's like giant spider monsters near the beginning of the game and i was like getting anxiety from like fighting them because they get really close to you and you see them really close up and i was like just looking away clicking i'm like yeah i'm gonna kill this thing <laughs> wait I think, I, i'm pretty sure that i think it was in in world of warcraft there's this part where you or it might have been uh um dragon age oh, oh dragon shoot. age is a bad story. dragon age there are giant spiders yeah, but just outside the first town that you go to. Well, there there was like one part where you fight a vil- like where you fight a big boss, and he starts and he's like he's literally like a boss based on f- like fear and your fo- and phobias, and he manifests a bunch of like like specific fears and phobias as giant spiders, and like when you click on each one, it says like what they are and the, like the fear of, and I'm swear and I I like I remember seeing this and it's like some of them are fine like you know high chlorophobia the fear of clowns and blah 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 but then one of them is like t- when you click on it it's, t- it's tagged ironically the fear of spiders and- ironically the fear of spiders <laughs> it's not <laughs> ironic that's just like straight up <laughs> and i think there's like a couple of other ones like just existential dread and and some like other weird ones too i don't remember that uh, um but yeah I, so I, like i'm not as bad with spiders anymore but i still don't like looking at them Anyway, we're getting off topic. We got an episode to review. <laughs> um, so we we get Tarantulas who, uh, once he's alerted to the alien signal, uh, he transforms into his motorcycle load, I guess. Kind of like motorcycle. It's like, yeah. it's not, it doesn't look rideable, but it's it's a two-wheeler, so yeah, motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. So he, he starts uh, driving out of his lair, uh, we then cut to the dark side, and we've got Black Arachnia, who's complaining about how boring it is working sentry duty uh, for the Predacons. And we get Megatron sort of walking into the scene over her, sort of looking down, and doesn't look overly pleased with how bored she is and how she's complaining about it. Um, well, I mean, like, you should be like, have a, like, yeah, it is a boring job. Let's just face it. <laughs> yeah. But considering the amount of, like, betrayal that she's done i can't say that i'm surprised that she's gotten stuck with the shit end of the stick as far as duties go to be fair though she's saying like i'm loyal to megatron now and sucks being bored but she's not saying like i better betray him she's just saying, like man being loyal sucks but i guess yeah. i'll do it <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's a very resigned kind of like complaint it's not like i'm gonna get him so it's like yeah yeah um, she she's alerted to Tarantulas, who's driving somewhere. She's like, oh, wow, he's going really fast. Um, so we then get uh, Megatron asking her what she's found. And then Inferno comes out of nowhere and is like, the royals who he asked you, royalty asked you a question. Answer. She, no, she I, says, I, think he, I think he says, like, where to? Like, basically just making her realize that he's been there for yeah. a, bit, a while. Yeah. Um, they they see that Tarantulas is on the move. She identifies the grid, and uh, Megatron tries to radio him, uh, telling him to reply at once. And he, of course, he doesn't answer because he doesn't care. Uh, <laughs> Megatron's like, "Blast that scheming spider again! He defies me." <laughs> then, then we get Inferno saying, "Say the word, my clean, and he shall burn." <laughs> I love he's it. like, <laughs> he's like, not just yet. 
after the last time, stop calling me that. I was hoping so much that he like got over it and was just like, just like whatever, I'll let him say yeah. it. But like, no, he's still angry. But it's funny because Inferno then goes to say it again. Yeah. To command by. <laughs> they start choking him. Um, but uh, Megatron tells Black Arachnia to scan the entire grid, and uh, in order to find out what he's in search such a hurry to go get to uh from here we then cut to tigatron and air razor and we get a little sort of floating piece of vegetation almost like a little flower in the air that uh tigatron is incredibly excited to see because uh, apparently it's the first vegetation that he's come across since the alien attack kind of creepy to me like it'd be like a spore that poisoned you or something yeah not be appealing Megatron seems to like it. But he, he seems pretty ecstatic that something seems to be growing again after all that time. Um, he, he says that they need to find it. Um, and uh, Air Razor is with him, and she, she almost manages... It, it almost looked like she sort of smacked it with her wing as, uh, as it started flying off. But, uh, <laughs> but they start moving in the direction of... Because there's more spores now. And so they're moving in the direction of where they seem to be coming from. Uh, we then cut to Optimus and Silverbolt. And Optimus is trying to get a hold of Cheetor to see if he's found them yet. Um, Cheetor says that he can barely hear him because of the jam- because of all the jamming of the entire grid. And Optimus realizes that Rat Trap and Dinobot haven't taken out the jamming station yet. So he sort of goes flying off at maximum speed with Silverbolt right behind him so that they can try and cover more ground quickly. Uh, we then cut back to Tigatron and Air Razor who come upon this valley, I guess, uh, that's full of vegetation. And Tigatron, of course, is amazed. Uh, he says, by the Matrix. And he's like, it's magnificent. And Air Razor makes mention that she's never seen a plant like that before and that they also mentions that it. it looks fresh yeah they're really weird plants yeah, yeah they're she, like yeah. way too like like oh this is so great that there's these plants like you'd think they would you know have some sort of like common Caution. sense that like maybe you know maybe we shouldn't uh run full force into into this weird looking alien plant that just started existing after the aliens showed up. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, like they're not super familiar with like earth flora. Like, I mean, Tigatron would be the most, but like, it's possible like, Oh, this is just some plants I've never seen before. Like, like I'm really, if you come across a plant in the woods, that looks weird. I can be like, Oh shit. Some tendril is going to come out of nowhere and grab me. Better get out of here. No, You're but I'm also not going to like run full force into it. If, if I come across a plant, in the in the woods, I'm probably not going to touch it. Yeah, but you're also a human being and doesn't get poisoned. And these are like robots. I don't know. I feel like they they I, they have reason to think that they're not going to get attacked. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. So the the plants that they've come across, they're they're emitting these spores uh, that that they came across earlier. Um, the and the spores are sort of floating around, and it's it, it's a bit of a um, it's a bit of foreshadowing, I guess, what we'll see later on in the episode. Uh, but Tigertron approaches this rather large plant, and it opens up, and we've got one of these spore producers that sort of rises up and looks kind of neat. Um, 
Eraser decides to to scan one of them as she transforms. And something I'm reminded of, the last time that she wound up going to scan something is when they had the last alien ship show up. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the, the alien hut. But she makes it out of it. She's like, I'm never scanning anything ever again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she transforms and she's looking around and then Tiger Tran- Tigertron transforms and he sort of approaches her. And this is where we get this little um, romance. Yeah. Because Tigertron says, I'd forgotten what beauty this planet once offered. And he he looks to, to Air Razor and she sort of gives him this dreamy little gaze. And they hold hands and it's all nice and pretty. And I, I assume that they like got to know each other. Like I mean, there was a little bit of hinting at like yeah. them being like friendlier with each other, but like this this is they must have like had a bit more like romance stuff happen on the road. I'm guessing. Because uh, like they hold hands and then she sort of nuzzles up against his arm. And they do like a, their like eyes flicker. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but then they're immediately attacked by a bunch of vines. And Evil Dead. Did you, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say this looks like the Evil Dead. There's actually, if you look at it from a certain point of view, it really does look like there's a vine that goes up Air Razor's butt. Uh, oh, I didn't notice, but oh, I, uh, I, so, oh yeah, I get you. Underneath. I noticed yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I noticed it the first time. I rewatched it the second time and noticed it again, and then I paused it and rewound it and had my wife watch it just to make sure that it wasn't just, I, you know, <laughs> like that it wasn't. You, you know, I watch some tentacle porn sometimes. So, you know, just wanted to, you know, make sure that it just wasn't my messed up mind. But yeah, it was totally, it was totally everyone's favorite scene from Evil Dead. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean, if that's not your favorite scene from Evil Dead, Emily, what is your favorite scene from Evil Dead? I, I don't know. I mean, like. Exactly. I've only, I only seen the movie once. And like, I think, I think there was a lot of good parts in it where like there's really bad acting that I probably would find better. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to watch it again. Yep, yep. It's definitely nope. It's that's the best scene in the movie. Definitely the most memorable scene. In the it's movie. the most memorable scene. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um. So we get the 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 vines. Uh. It, it's actually very. The whole scenario is very reminiscent to the last time that we had an alien ship show up because they're they're wrapped up in the vines. The vines sort of yeah more up, bondage. Like, so for your bingo card, just take that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're, they're raised up over this flower and while they're restrained, Tigatron is, is sort of trying to grab Air Racer's hand and we get the two of them in this rather touching scene where, um, Tigatron says, wherever we go, my spark will find yours. And, and Air Racer says in mine, yours. And then there's this beam of energy that shoots down to the planet and they're both sort of, they start glowing and they start crying out in pain. Um, we then get Cheetor who arrives too late as they're completely engulfed in the this energy beam. Um, he, he approaches the beam, tries to touch it, and then is immediately zapped back and transforms. He lands on the ground and he's experiencing an energon surge. And he looks up at the sky and says, no. Big brother! <laughs> he doesn't say that. But yeah. That's implied. Yeah. Big um, cat. Aww. Yeah. 
So we then cut to to space and we see this energy beam sort of entering this portal and it's then sort of transitions to Megatron looking at it on one of his globes. Portal's kind of Cthulhu-y too with the tentacles. It is. Very reminiscent of like, um, uh, I want to say towards, was it the end of the second season of Reboot where they had like those creatures from the web that were attacking Mainframe? Oh, yeah. That sort of thing. Everybody seemed to be big on tentacles back then. Back then? Have we mentioned, did we mention the, the reboot reboot on this podcast yet? I think we did, didn't we? I thought you mentioned that it was... I think we talked about it. How did we talk about it? Yeah, apparently it's like a live action one. Yeah, it looks, it looks garbage, so we'll see, I guess, but... Yeah. It's unlike the Thor Ragnarok trailer that came out today, but I won't... I won't get us off topic on that yeah that you need to make sure you stay on topic greg yeah jeez make- greg what the hell us. i know we're always having so the like good back in. so good i'll check it cool. out yeah but yeah um so megatron uh is watching the signal uh black arachnia has been keeping an eye on things and uh megatron's like ah oh, uh, uh how does it go I'm That's what Tarantulas is after, and then, yeah, like, she's like, "That must be what Tarantulas is after," and um, and she mentions that it looks like, like he's there, like... and so is a maximal. Um, it, it's funny because as she mentions that, we then get a zoom in on the screen, and it transitions back to Cheetor, who's like, he he's sort of pissed off with himself. He's like, "If I had gotten here sooner, I could have saved them." Actually, he's um, more pissed about Megatron because he's like, yeah. that jammer wasn't active. We, if we could have contacted them, we could have saved them. Yeah. That's what he's getting pissed about. He's not actually getting mad at himself. Yeah. But then Tarantulas shows up and says, well, you didn't. And then uh-huh, he loser. Immediately, yeah, and he immediately yeah. zaps him with some sort of big gun that he's got. Um, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> so he manages to zap Cheetor, and uh, from there, it we see Chiro get flung back and then we immediately cut back to the dark side again. And black Arachne says, well, so much for the maximal signal. And Megatron is like, Oh, he must've activated the alien site. And then he says that he's been careless. And then, um, black Arachne says that she picked, she's picking up two more maximal signals headed to that position. She asks if they help tarantulas. And then Inferno reports that waspinator and quick strike are, being attacked at jamming tower number three and asked if they that, should reinforce them. And that gives Megatron an idea. Cause he's like, that means that there's hardly any maximals at the base. Yep. <laughs> so he says it's time that they retrieve the alien disc. Uh, we then cut to tarantulas who is apparently sawing a piece of vine and realizes that Optimus primal is coming and transforms into his beast mode and scurries away. Um, Optimus and Silverbolt arrive on the scene, and this is where we get Optimus pulling out the the conference phone to repair <laughs> Cheetor um, by applying it to his chest. Um, yeah, Silverbolt sort of just lands and is looking around, and Cheetor, you know, wakes back up. And uh, Optimus asks what happened to to Tigertron and Airazor, to which Cheetor says that the plant took them. And shot them up into space. So, uh, 
we then cut to Rat Trap and Dinobot. Who I love Dinobot this part. Seems, Dinobot so... seems to be enjoying himself by shooting at the tower and Waspinator and Quickstrike are sort of <laughs> I, hanging on to it. I, I like Quickstrike just like rotating around and hanging on to it, like ineffectually <laughs> trying to fight back. Like it's, it's a really funny image yeah. of, of Dinobot fighting these guys and Rat Trap just like not even worrying about it. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, we did it already, boss. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. So um, this is where we also get the scene with uh, Waspinator who said, said he's pinned down like an iron butterfly. Um, from here, uh, Rat Trap asks if they were able to, to get in contact with Tigertron and Air Racer, and Optimus says that they were too late. Um, so from yeah, here, yeah, I, I like. I just like how Rat Trap's like, yeah, we ran into some opposition, which we nailed while he's just like standing yeah. there talking on the phone and they're not beaten yet. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, I guess he's just like, oh, their Dinobots got it. That's, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, Optimus tells him to make sure that the station is down for good and then to return to base. And Rat Trap is sort of like, he he's a bit stoic and says, that, you know, yeah, we'll do fearless leader. And, uh, you mentioned that he told them about Tigertron and Ares? Yeah. Yeah, he said yeah, that they were too late. Um, uh, so we're about halfway through the episode now. Why don't we take a quick break and then we shall get back to it? Sounds good. So, where we left off, um, we've now transitioned to Optimus and Rhinox, who are talking. Uh, Optimus is filling Rhinox in on what has occurred, and apparently, op- something I realized, Optimus can apparently talk, do video conference calling with Rhinox now, because it all used to be like audio messaging for the most part, and now Optimus is able to talk to him via video conferencing from something on his wrist, I'm guessing. He got a new iPhone. Yeah. It's no big deal. <laughs> it was it was just another upgrade from, you know, getting a new body. You get a new body and you get a free iPhone with it. <laughs> but yeah. Um, it's going to be a thing in the future. People are going to get new arms and be like, comes with a new MP3 player. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things that um, over the course of the discussion that Autos and Rhinox has is uh, Optimus lets Rhinox know that the energy beam uh, took Air Razor and Tigatron because Rhinox was like, did you see it? Did you see the signal? And so it was conveyed that it took them. And so Rhinox 
once he finishes talking with Optimus, he he checks the replay of the signal and sees their bodies. Well, what we can assume is their bodies because it's sort of blue, glowy, the shapes that look pretty much similar to their bodies. In the yeah, signal. The, the silhouettes of the characters yeah. that are stretched out. Yeah. Um, so as he looks at that, he feels a shake. And as it turns out, we have Megatron who is outside of the ship. And uh, so Rhinox turns on the auto guns, a lot of the auto guns. Yes. And a new gun. The new gun, which is essentially like 10 guns all wrapped in like a big wreath. And it's got a big speaker in the middle of it. (laughs) It's like something the mask would pull out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, Megatron says, I, uh, I come in peace. And Ronax over the speaker says, you're about to leave in pieces. Yeah. Shoot him. Shoot him. There's no reason not to shoot him. What? Why is he not shooting him? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh. But yeah, because Megatron's like, no need for violence. I really wish to talk. And Rhinox is like, go ahead. It's a free planet. I'm busy. <laughs> and then he's, he goes, causes Bleh! some feedback on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> Megatron's like, oh, stubborn maximal fool. You don't see it, but Rhinox busts out his electric guitar and was just like, yeah. <laughs> um, but as it turns out, it's all been a distraction because Inferno and Black Arachnia uh, are sort of come up from a hole that Inferno has dug in the ground, and they both enter in through the underside of the ship. Inferno has a little bit of trouble. His abdomen's getting stuck in the hole. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so... I remember what song I want you to put in now. Oh? Which song is it? Um, I Burn from the Ruby OSD, because Inferno, there's a part where like Black Rackney is like, time to rock and roll, and Inferno's like, I don't rock and roll. I burn. And you should just like pop in right there. Done. Ready to rock and roll, insect? I don't rock and roll. I burn. Uh, the song I Burn from Ruby. <laughs> you said it was from the Ruby OSD? OST, yeah. OST. I'll, I'll, I'll okay. link it to you. Don't cool. worry about it. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll get it in there. Um, <laughs> so um, once they're in the ship, uh, Black Arachnia sets off some sort of a, a charge on one of the circuits in the hallway that they're in. And it causes like a major malfunction in the ship. All the auto guns go offline. Uh, Rhinox's console sparks and we go back outside and Megatron laughs and you know he's pretty pleased with how things are going Rhinox is trying to get everything back online um, but Inferno manages to sneak to the center console in the control room <laughs> console tiptoes yeah 
and he hits a button and it causes Rhinox's chair to spin and then move to the console. Um, Rhinox had been radioing, radioing Optimus, saying that it was a code X. Um, so as Rhinox looks back to hear Optimus asking what's going on, uh, Inferno then says goodbye and immediately proceeds to shoot him in the chest. And then he just has a laugh a minute about it outdoors. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he and Black Arachnia move towards the golden disc. Uh, she says that she'll get the disc, and he says that the royalty said that they were not to touch it. And just after he says that, uh, he gets poked on the shoulder and then turned around, and Rhinox yanks him down and says, that hurt. I love Rhinox here. He's such a badass. <laughs> yeah. And we immediately get the Rock'em Sock'em robot scene. Yeah. Where the two of them start trading punches, and Rhinox manages to make Inferno's head pop up. Which is pretty funny because Rhinox sort of looks at him for a minute. It's yeah. like, okay, that was weird. Black <laughs> um, Arach, this disc is like almost two thirds the size of Black Arachnia. Now that I'm yeah, I didn't realize at it. how big it is because yeah, most like, Transformers I, you hold that are bigger Transformers. Yeah, like when Megatron's holding it, I mean, it's still big in his hands, but he can lift in that. Like Black Arachnia is having he's dragging it. Yeah, away. He's having trouble with it. Um, Rhinox points his gun at her um, and says that she doesn't want to try it and motions for her to give him the disc. Uh, but at this point, Megatron is behind him and makes mention that he believes that that belongs to him. <laughs> so Rhinox, uh, we get a moment of hesitation where Rhinox sort of realizes that he's in kind of a bit of shit. He goes to try and smack Megatron and Megatron literally yanks off his arm. Yes. Yeah, or, or sort of like unsheaths his arm because he all he has left is like this tubing coming out of his arm and he's like, oh and then Megatron just smacks him out of the way. Um so he takes the disc and puts it into like that back section that we sort of saw last episode that he likes to store his golden discs in. Um <laughs> We get a little exchange between him and Black Arachne where she tells him that backup that their backup is on the way. And uh, Megatron's like, oh, well, we don't have time for the Maximals right now. And she says, well, when do we ever? And then we sort of get our first hint that maybe she's got a thing for Silverbolt because she's like. <laughs> Can I say it? She's yes, like, go ahead. Except maybe for that hunky silver. And it gets cut off. <laughs> Cuts herself off, I think. Yeah. <laughs> That hunky silver bolt. I love that so much. It's, yeah. it, it's like so obvious signposting for like upcoming events, but it's just like kind of funny too and cute. Yeah. She's just like that hunk, hunk of burning love. <laughs> <laughs> she got really turned on apparently from him being all like sexist to her earlier. Mm. <laughs> like he I didn't try and shoot me. That's point. the first one that hasn't tried to shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah to be fair it silverbolt so far is probably the only one that hasn't like you know uh called her manipulative or or was angry at her for for you know for being herself so yeah true enough there's that yeah <laughs> like how many was... times how many times has megatron and uh and tarantulas has like called her witch or something like that yeah oh yeah tarantulas is horrible to her yeah so <laughs> Megatron's not much better. Yeah, so like I mean, Quicksilver's. I mean, uh, Quick Strike. Quick, 
Quick Strike's nice to her, so... Yeah, but <laughs> she's obviously kind of using that to her advantage, like, for some... So, I, so what you're like saying she's is not- she's... She's uh, she's she's you know she she's she's into all these assholes. She's friend zoning Quick Strike, no, the I- one person who's nice to her. And no. Then- no, no, no. Not doing this again, Kendall. You already, you already did this on the Sonic episode of TWA. I-, I believe I was on the opposite side of that discussion. <laughs> No, you were saying yeah, you were saying the same thing. You were like, "Oh, she's friend zoning Robotnik," and it's like, "What the hell, Kendall?" <laughs> no, no, I'm saying that's what you're saying. No, I'm not saying that because you know, because because Quick Strike, this nice guy, is nice to her, and and she's but she's just using him. I don't think she, I don't think she should date Quick Strike. I'm just saying that <laughs> that that Jordan's thing. I'm like, oh, well, he's the only guy that's a shot. I just like poked the hole in it. That's mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wasn't saying that. I was just saying fuck that. The friend zone. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You can't fuck the friend zone. Cause then it's not the friend zone. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the whole, that's the whole problem the whole with it. Right. <laughs> <He's surprised. laughs> uh, anyway, getting back to the episode, um, Megatron manages to like shove Inferno's head back into his body, uh, and we get you know his f- fist sort of flying a little bit, and then he realizes, oh, oh, sort of comes to his senses, grabs his gun, and starts walking off, almost like he's in formation. And uh, Rhinox manages to realize that they're in trouble. Um, we get the scene fading out, and then it comes back in, and we see that Rhinox's arm is getting worked on by Optimus. Um, Rat Trap is, or rather, Rhinox is feeling like he messed up pretty bad. Optimus tells him that it's okay. Um, it, it's um, I'm trying to remember how exactly the events go. Um, oh, I yeah, remember. I'm watching it with subtitles. So I can yeah. Help you. Um. Optimus says that they have bigger matters to attend to, and that's when Cheetor's like, yeah, like how, how do we save Tigatron and Air Razor? And then we get Dinobot who says that they're casualties of war and that it's better to concentrate on saving themselves for when the alien enemy returns. Like I said earlier, it sounds cold, but I he, he did look legitimately bummed out when he got when they got told yeah. that they got uh term they got Something happened to them where they got taken away. They legitimately looked. He legitimately looked. He was bummed out. I guess it's just his way of dealing with that kind of thing. It's just being yeah. like, okay, well, we can't focus on that. Let's focus on what we're doing. Kind of yeah, yeah. And also, I think he's he does bring out. I think the point he's he's mentioning is that they send a signal. Usually, when they send a signal, something comes to try and destroy them. Maybe yeah. they should worry about that first before they go off trying to save them. Yeah. But then Cheetor is like, just what I'd expect from a Predacon. Yeah, and and but right after he says that, Dinobot makes a good point in that you know Maximal or Predacon, what different doesn't difference doesn't make because the aliens want to destroy all of them. Yeah, um, it's showing that like not just Rhinox was affected by Dinobot leaving, like everyone yeah. was to some degree. I mean, the least probably Red Trap mm-hmm. and Optimus, because uh, yeah, Cheetor used to like kind of look up to Dinobot, and mm-hmm. now he's kind of ragging on him. Yeah, probably feels a little betrayed, I'd be willing to say. Mm-hmm. But 
we we get a little uh, blurb from Optimus who says that he's already faced the void once fighting the aliens, um, and that if it's a price that they need to pay, that he'll pay it. <laughs> we get Rattrap who says, "It's like I always say, we're all gonna die." And <laughs> I like everybody that part just, a lot. Everybody just looks at him. He's like, "I know, I know." Shut up, Rattrap. <laughs> I just like the way he said it because he's like, "It's like I always say," and then he usually says and says it with a certain kind of cadence. The next thing, like, like I always say, blah 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 blah. But he's just like, like I always say, we're gonna die. <laughs> like <he> just, <laughs> just blunt, like we're gonna die. We're all gonna mm-hmm. die. <laughs> um. So yeah, from here we we cut to uh, the Predacons. Uh, they've got the golden disc back in like a f- energy field. Uh, Black Arachne is like, well, how is this disc supposed to help us against aliens that can scorch an entire planet? Uh, Megatron alludes to that it's got secrets that only he's aware of. And uh, as he says that, we then get Tarantulas who says but which I alone can implement. And he is revealed behind Megatron. Yeah. And he's kind of doing this like cocky, like a leaning against this, whatever it is thing. Yeah. This sort of that he used the Zap cheater with. Is, is it, it okay? Or was it one of the things that you stick in the ground? Oh, I thought it was huh. that. I thought it was a ladder, but yeah, you know, maybe he could do both. Well, maybe, but yeah, anyway, he, he's got, uh, he's, he's walking the walk, so to speak. Um, I like how uh, uh, Quickstrike is trying to type with his. With oh his, yeah, with his snake, snake hand. hand. Well, I yeah. mean, like he's got the he's got his his uh, scorpion leg hand that is really dexterous and stuff like that, and then it looks like his snake hand is just watching. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he just has it up by it, and they're and it's just like tilting its head side to side every once in a while while he presses keys. <laughs> um. Well, he's got like eight fingers on one hand, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as Tarantulas is sort of coming in, Inferno is sort of getting ready to, to attack and Megatron off screen punches Inferno and says, no, he is mine. Um, he and Tarantulas have a bit of a back and forth. Um, Megatron saying that he's tired of Tarantulas's insolence and screwings in the dark. And Tarantulas says, and I am tired of your infernal chattering. Yeah. He's just dropping all pretense now. Yeah. <laughs> he's like I'm no longer part of your command and Quickstrike's like oh that bot's cold slag and then we get Megatron picking up Tarantulas and says I'm going to extinguish your spark one atom at a time and Tarantulas then points out that he would then lose his only chance to survive the alien's return um and Megatron says, well, what if they never come? And Tarantula's like, they will come. They always come. And I was like, that's a lot of coming because there's like three comes in three sentences. And I looked over to my wife and I said, that's what she said. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, come, they'll always come. Yeah. Tarantula's is very confident in his abilities. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, there. that was an interesting choice of wording so to speak crazy yeah um from here we we cut back to um well he he says that they'll be back soon uh we then cut back to the maximal base and dinobot is saying that they need to take the fight to megatron now and but rattrap says mentions that they might need them to take out whatever those the planet busted aliens are sending 
Um, and this is the part that I thought that Kendall would like, because we then cut to Optimus, who says, I agree with Dinobot. He says, our last truce was a joke. Megatron <laughs> must be stopped now. I'm like, yep, there's Kendall's absolute absolution for not liking the previous truce. Yep. So. yep. And then they didn't truce, and they finally... I mean, it took them long enough, but they finally decided to take the fight to the Predacons, which really, you know, I was thinking when I was watching this episode, like, mm-hmm. they should have called up Air, a while back, they should have called up Air Razor and Dinobot, or not Dinobot, Tigertron, and said, hey, there's eight of us, and there's mm-hmm. six of the Predacons, and really even, it, that's if you count Tarantulas, who he's off doing his own thing, we should really just try to beat them. Yeah. Like, like they, they think- outnumber them pretty you know, pretty clearly at the I at think the moment. They didn't. They didn't mention it since when they first ran off. But I think they were literally looking for the other stasis pods that had fallen to the planet. Mm-hmm. And which, to be fair, if they left them out too long, maybe the Predacons would find them too, and they would get more characters. So I mean, I guess they were more concerned about finding their other uh, their other crew members first before they were turned against them. Yeah. Um, that, that, Sorry, the say. idea of them, uh, like, uh, going after stasis pods, that would, you mentioned that the original plot of the episode was that there was a pod in the flower. That mm. would have made a lot of sense, I think. And I guess that you said yeah. they didn't want to signpost what was going to happen too much, but it was, it would have been, it would have tied it into that more. Cause mm. I mean, like I kind of forgot why they were not at base. Myself. I thought they were kind of exploring. I thought they were, yeah, I thought they were looking, they were trying to find uh, the, like, see see what the explosion had done to the rest of the planet. Um, mm. And But obviously they're not too crazy far away. So if Optimus had called them back and said, hey, uh, Pterosaur and Pterosaur and Scorponok are dead now. Uh, we really have a chance to push our advantage and and actually finish him off, Tigertron would be like, I suppose you are right. I learned that in order to, in order for peace, we must have war. Uh, something, something. This is Kendall Spanvik <laughs> we're hearing, and he's writing live on the show. I, <laughs> I mean, how, like, how he thinks Beast War should have ended. Yeah, something like that. I mean, it just seems like, yeah, I mean, and this is, this is sort of a recurring thing about, this is another thing about the maximal strategy in this is that they're they're just afraid to to push their advantage. They just are. I mean, and I, which which would make sense. Which would make sense if they weren't like literally just at war with this specific enemy. Like if they were just trying to, if they were just trying to survive, and and the you know if this was a more traditional superhero show where they're just trying to go about their lives and make and make life easier for everyone. Mm-hmm. But they have like a designated enemy that they're like at war with, and you gotta. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm babbling now. I'm I'm kind of <laughs> tired. I get what you're saying, though. Don't worry. We're almost at the end. Um. So at this point, we we get a notification that an alien signal has been detected. Um. Just as Optimus was saying that they needed to take the fight to Megatron before the aliens got there. Um. We then cut back to the Predacons who are back at the the plants. And are planting in these sort of machines into the ground uh, in preparation. Tigertron um, is spinning in his space grave. Yeah, because they're like crushing plants and shit. Yeah. Like they don't yeah. give a shit. Um, 
we get another quick exchange between I love this part. Uh, Tarantulas and Megatron. <laughs> uh, because Megatron's sort of curious as to why Tarantulas is even helping him since he's not part of his command anymore. And this is where Black Arachnia points out that he hates the aliens and that she saw into his brain. Uh, <laughs> Megatron uh, says Tarantulas that, uh, felt a Tarantulas felt a little sundere there when he's like, why are you helping me if you don't want to join us? He's like, um, I have my reasons. I don't like you, Baka. <laughs> 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 uh, um, that's but, not it. But yeah, Megatron's like, oh, so you act out of hate. Excellent. That's an emotion I can trust. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get a little laugh off between Megatron so and good, Tarantulas. Megatron starts laughing and then, and like Tarantula starts laughing or the other way around. But I know the first one to point that was what I love is like Megatron's laughing and then he's like points at Tiger like Tarantula's like yeah eh. <laughs> and Tarantula's <laughs> like ah ha, ha. and he points back and it's like so good and then they get interrupted by Optimus but it, oh yeah. it's beautiful <laughs> yeah Optimus shows up um, Megatron tells him to leave and that they're gonna deal with it and Optimus is like like you did last time dream on. Then all the I've, I've, I've never seen Predacons get along so well in this one scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get we get a cool little scene here though, because uh, Optimus once the once the other Maximals show up, Optimus sort of lifts off into the air and just says, "All units maximize!" And then no, the transformation sequence is pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, um, I, I, I was just watching it again, and Megatron like stomps his foot and everything. Like they're just, yeah. they're like they think it's so hilarious. And then like yeah. when Optimus shows up, they kind of like, do this like really quick spin, like huh? Like they're just like totally taken by surprise, and it's yeah. really funny. Sorry, I don't want to undermine the awesome transformation sequence that happens. Yeah, just- it was a pretty cool sequence. Um, so just as they're getting ready to face off, we get more of the the vines. Uh, because an inferno says the invaders come royalty, and so the vines actually sort of form to make a new ship. Uh, Megatron says that it's incredible, and then we get the the alien signal coming in and hitting the ship. And it's more of like a hut at the moment, like yeah. another hut, but a different yeah. shape before. I like yeah. the part where like Inferno like kind of like jumps back from them and tries to yeah. go through them, and I'm like, you can fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought about that too. Um, but, and the thing but he maybe is, he wants to go to the circus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The this hut looks like a very large version of the sort of spores that we saw floating around. Yeah, at the beginning of the episode. Um, and what winds up happening is there's like this top to the spore that sort of pops up. And we get this flash of light. A big top, if you would. Yeah. <laughs> and so everybody gets knocked unconscious, and the the big top, as Kendall put it, uh, sort of sort of falls back down into the the hut, and then we get a to be continued. So. Da, da, da. Yeah, everyone gets all frozen. It's weird. Yeah. So that's the end of the episode. What will happen now? Do you think that the plan, the Vox's plan here is just to um, kidnap uh, Air Razor and, and, and Tigatron for their for the freak show at the circus? I <laughs> No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think that was just an accident. Yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, that would explain the why they're a circus. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kendall, I take it you think that it just looks like a big circus tent? Yes. I very much think yeah. it looks like a circus tent. <laughs> so, yeah. What, are, what was everybody's thoughts on the episode this week? I was sad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I like Tigertron Eraser. It sucks that the first appearance you get of them isn't getting blasted is away. Them, and so I'm not sure exactly so what happens. I, I kind of know what happens to them, but I kind of don't, so... Yeah. I assume they're permanently dead, just like the other two, uh, the last power couple that got killed off. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Pterosaur and Scorpionok were a couple. <laughs> they they immediately just liked each other. <laughs> I, yeah, because you remember how much he, uh, how much Scorpionok hated Smirkers? Yeah, seriously. I, I, I don't know, I'd ship it. <laughs> you think you think they're like those characters that people ship that hate each other? Like, right? They're like ha- really, like, really good love. Like Harry, Harry and Malfoy. Yeah, Harry and Malfoy is a classic <laughs> one. I was thinking of um, Katara and Zuko. <laughs> no, this was a good. This was a good episode. Um, like a lot yeah. of things about it, I liked. Uh, also, I don't know if it's because it featured. Uh, more heavily some of the first season characters, but I really noticed the just higher, better quality uh, animation in this episode. I found that too. I I found it seemed like there was a definite in- improvement of, of the uh, the animation quality in this episode. Yeah. They were they were very well animated. They're very expressive. Like a lot of expressive mm-hmm. action happens in it. It's a it's a good episode in terms of animation for sure. I found that even like the the overall appearance of the models themselves, like the characters, seemed more defined. Like it seemed a lot better quality than what we've seen in the past. Perhaps. I mean, I'm not sure about that, but it, could have been possible. a lighting trick too. I mean, I I really I really noticed. I think um, like it's the kind of thing that you may that on a smaller screen you may not have noticed, or like on a or like back in the day on the CRT TVs, uh, the, the difference in quality wasn't, may not have been as noticeable, but watching it on my, uh, you know, 42 inch flat screen, flat screen, uh, this, this episode, this is the, I feel like this might've been the first episode that I really felt like fit that TV. Like it wasn't, um, you know, it wouldn't have looked better on a smaller screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Um, Jordan, I think we had a couple of questions this week, didn't we? Yep. Um, We have a couple from Facebook and Twitter. Yay! So... Oh, boy! Oh, boy! (laughs) So, uh, Corey, and I'm sorry, but I'm not going to try pronouncing your name because I'm afraid I would butcher it terribly. (laughs) But, uh, asks us, or says that, I know it's not necessarily Beast Wars, but how do you all feel about Michael Bay saying he has 14 more Transformer movies he wants to do? It's ridiculous. And stop. <laughs> yeah. Please stop. Please. Yeah. Please stop. I'm like, I'm like 14. How do you how could he possibly have an idea for 14 movies? Like, I can understand. Like, I have an idea for an arc, although none of the none of the movies have had arcs between each other. So that doesn't even make any sense. So does he have 14, like, random ideas? Like, oh, I'm going to make a movie oh. where this happens. I'm going to make a movie where this happens. And, like, it's, it's like, 14 separate ideas that, on their own, really couldn't make a movie. But that's all he has right now. Like, 
I can't imagine how you could have 14 movies planned without having like a full on like huge like it just it's it seems ridiculous to me that 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 yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah to be honest yeah that does sound crazy that well, he has 14 more to do with like what he's going with like does he want to reboot already and just start over again or do different things does he want to do things with specific characters I already I, I, isn't really fair it wasn't. 2007 was when the first movie came out. It's been like 10 years, but like, uh-huh. um, like this, just, if you look at the other movies that he's made, like they don't have any cohesiveness to each other. No. So the uh, idea that I, he's planned 14 movies just seems bonkers or, to me. Like if, you told, um, if, if you if you told me that like maybe like not George Lucas now, but if George Lucas was like I have 14 Star Wars movies planned, I could believe that. You know, I could like see like okay, he's got he's got an arc planned out. That could last well, fourteen movies, okay. But like Michael Bay is not one of those kind of directors where you could say like you know, and I like, guess George Lucas isn't a great comparison, but just the idea of like the Star Wars uh, nine, the, the six movies that we got before. I, I agree. Off, I think but. it is not controversial to say that George Lucas is more well regarded than Michael Bay. Um. <laughs> well, I just think George Lucas is, is, is like some people like his storytelling isn't super good when he's at, at the full controls. Some people would say, right, and I wouldn't necessarily disagree. But like, it, I, it, he's a he's he's a, he's that kind of director that right. he he had six Star Wars movies planned out before he made the first movie. Like, okay, I can believe that maybe they weren't like as ironed yeah. out as they eventually became. But I can't believe Michael Bay has fourteen so, ideas for movies planned out. So, um, <laughs> I about them being one sentence ideas. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I would not be surprised if they were. What you know, basic outlines or one sentence ideas. I mean, I think that the thing is, Transformers. I mean, the movies have had mostly have have taken have been at like like very very loose adaptations, but they have been adaptations of utilizing characters that previously existed in Transformers, right? For the most part, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. obviously, Orders, obviously yeah. taking liberties. Um, but when you say when you say I have an idea for fourteen movies and his and his job and, and you know I don't know his, I mean I guess Michael Bay's done Ninja Turtles but he hasn't done like it's not like he does a ton of non Transformers movies so he probably really is thinking about idea concept ideas for Transformers movies pretty often over the course of the last decade and I mean like if you asked me to pitch fourteen Star Wars movies and gave me and get, or I mean not Star well Star Wars or 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 Spider Man movies or whatever and gave me um gave me a week to to write a a five second pitch I got to be right pitch. back I got to pay for this pizza sorry <laughs> <laughs> but if you gave me the a week to write arrived. a five sentence pitch for a bunch of for for fourteen Star Wars movies it, they wouldn't necessarily have to have anything to do with each other you could I mean I think I think it's believable I think that uh. It might be. It might have been hyperbole. Also, I don't know. The, I don't know the context too. of the quote. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, you. But yeah, you do. He's like, okay, well, I'm gonna make a movie. I'm gonna make a movie about Beast Wars. I'm gonna make a movie based on, uh, our f- focused on RC from Transformers Prime. I'm gonna make a movie, uh, where they're trying to find some energon. I'm gonna make a movie where they ran out of energon. I'm gonna make a movie where uh, there's, you know, where they go back in time. I'm gonna make a movie where they go in the future. I'm gonna movie make a movie where they don't have Optimus in it. I'm gonna make a movie where Optimus comes back to life. Hey, there's an arc. 
you know, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take that much to to pitch a to pitch an idea for for a for a Transformers movie. I'm sure he doesn't have uh, 14 screenplays written. Oh no, I I I did not I did not think that they were written at all. <laughs> like those 14, I think those 14 ideas are just like just basically like I have ideas and they're going to keep paying me You're for like, it. Die Hard yeah. but with Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, a robotic John McClane. Ugh. I've never even seen Die Hard, but I think I get the joke. <laughs> he transforms into an Uzi. <laughs> Oh my! <laughs> have like uh, a, okay. you know a romantic comedy, but with Transformers. Um, have a horror Transformers movie. Introduce magic into the Transformers movie. Introduce yeah. introduce magic into into the Transformers <laughs> mythology. You know, tie it in with tie it in with the GI Joe reboot that's going to focus on millennials. I just <laughs> saw a, a Twitter tweet from CBR about that. So Ugh. yeah, I mean you Blah. could. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you could. I mean, he's. Been, they've been putting one out every couple of year, every two years, every three years, and they've all been uh, commercially successful, right? I mean, none of them have been. None of none of them have been financially flops, right? Yeah, they've I, been decent. So you know, it, it's probably smart on the part of like DreamWorks to keep wanting to make them, and Hasbro as well so that you know they have a constant source back. Of <laughs> sorry Welcome i had to like I had to, I had to go down the freaking hall to, like pay for the thing because the dev machine was being weird did i miss any questions no, no we were we actually were just, finishing, just up. finishing up and waiting for you to they get were back. just they, we were just all talking about how wrong you were <laughs> <laughs> i guess i'll hear when i when i see the episode <laughs> yeah so yeah. Um, what's the next one so ryan butson Burson? butson it's B-U-T-S-O-N. Yeah, we'll go with Watson. Okay. If there was a crossover with another show about aliens on Earth, what would you like to see? And they also mentioned, personally, I'd like to see Ben 10 around the Beast Wars crew. I actually wouldn't mind seeing that too either. But yeah, I, wouldn't, I, like I wonder I like how that would work. With, with his, uh, would his uh, like, Omnitrix be able to, to capture their CNA that they apparently uh. have? I think so. Isn't there like a... Well, I mean, I don't... I don't actually know for sure, but is there like a cyber alien he gets at some point? Or yeah, I don't actually yeah. remember there ever being one, but I, it sounds like something that would happen in that show. Up, upgrade technically is is a cybernetic creature, if I if I remember correctly, of sorts. Yeah, um, and um, and but the th- but the thing is, is that uh, if if they're if they're taking on forms of Earth creatures to hide, then would he get would he get the Earth creature? or Would he get the robot? Because I think he'd get the robot, but that's just me. Hmm. So it would be like a reverse with the double Dinobot thing, where he could be the robot, but he couldn't be the the dinosaur. Well, he might be able to be both, but I, I think if if he was only at one, he'd be the robot. But I think he may be just become a robot that can transform. Yeah, maybe. Um, oh. Animorphs would be fun. <laughs> okay, so here's yeah. my pitch. Here's my pitch. Fox Mulder, as a kid, oh, ran into. Ran into a uh, saw a saw a cheetah at the zoo transform into a robot and then quickly transform back when he when he realized he'd been seen. Uh, but he wasn't, and, and so he's been, become obsessed with this with this uh, with these rumors and conspiracy theories about these uh, ancient alien robots 
that came that came to Earth in the prehistoric times. And uh, and then there's like conspiracy and blah blah blah. So it's X Files meets Beast Wars, and the idea is it takes place in present day X Files like continuity with all of the uh, the smoking man and everything. Uh, but, but also, but, you know, in addition to the grays and Wars. everything else, <laughs> there also are, there are still, it's, and it's the same, it's, it's the same 10 or 12 characters. It's, it's like, it, there's like six of them still alive. Like Cheetor <laughs> and, uh, Rat Trap and Dinobot are still alive and Waspinator, Black Arachnia <laughs> and, uh, Quick Strike are still alive. And, and and they're and they're uh where it comes to a head is that uh is that the the predacons um have have found a way to bring back megatron and uh and then they're going to and they're going to take over that the world sounds pretty good kind of thing yeah it does sound I, I'd, different I'd, I'd i'd watch that um another one star trek would be interesting too cuz we always talk about star trek yeah. on the show mm. have them go to like cybertron and star trek and be like hello optimus prime hello captain Picard was it? Like that kind of thing. Like <laughs> interesting. Uh see that. Um other than that, uh, uh I think Steven Universe would be kind of fun. Oh yeah, that's a good one too, actually. Because Steven would <laughs> have a blast if you actually met them. Absolutely. And like um we might mention it again in a later question, but like I actually compared to with um Profound Pants on Twitter once the the Transformers of Gems and that they're like they're both kinda like these Things that have to scan something that that have to um they grow they're they're blank and they become these adults immediately with no sexual reproduction and that's kind of gemish you know and apparently yeah. they confuse yeah. so <laughs> yeah but I mean even beyond like the fusion that happens possibly in the series uh, there's fusion in like a ton of the transformers they call them combining but it's pretty much yeah. fusion so I mean they're kind of similar in that way where they're like and they don't have they don't have any reproductive sex, but they do seem to have gender in their societies, kind of thing. Like they're 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 both like they have they have some similarities. Transformers and gems, <laughs> gems can transform. That's another thing. <laughs> that would be- well, why don't we try and get through these last two questions? And I think we've got a news post from yep. Lady K. And then I think we'll have to call it night because I know Kendall was saying he's tired and he's got a pizza and I think I'm starting to feel so, the effects of the day as well. So Gwyn at Fiscal Close or at at Witsuraru, I think they changed their username. Okay. Witsuraru, because I think it used to be Dokunokoi. I could be wrong. <laughs> um, but anyways, is Tigertron and Airazor's relationships just a prototype for gem fusion? fusion? <laughs> Like I said, we kind of talked about this. Um, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Fusion in, in, in Steven Universe is based more off of uh, DBZ than it is uh, Transformers, but who knows? Yeah. But with them both being dances that make the fusion happen. Yeah, we don't see any dancing in this show. At least not for, <laughs> for fusions. Yeah, and, and to, to be fair, we don't really see them willingly... F- fuse later or, or anything like that so I couldn't mm-hmm. really say that despite the fact that they do do have a relationship which in Steven Universe is you know that they care about each other does seem to be a component of a good fusion mm-hmm. yeah totally um, and Kendall was going to have this huge thing he was going to say but I guess he's not he's too uh, tired now no, well I <laughs> yeah 
it didn't it didn't work with the uh it didn't work with the actual question. So Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know the, if you recorded that, but Kendall had a huge thing about uh DBZ fusions. I think I was I, kind of yeah, yeah, I mean I did say I did say that I liked the fusion when Piccolo fused with Nail, but then when and then when he fused with Kami, that was all right. But they, I did think they went a little bit overboard with, uh, with the the Saiyans. But it didn't, it, it didn't, uh, it made more sense in the context earlier because we were just you guys just sort of vaguely mentioned fusion as opposed to this <laughs> question specifically mentioned a specific type of fusion that I don't know what that is. I mean, I don't watch the Steven Universe. Because uh, I have a thing about uh, – I know that it is socially acceptable for adults to watch children's television, um, but I still Are like – I mean Beast Wars is children's television. Yes, but see, see, my rule is – my rule is for watching children's television is it has to have an element of nostalgia. So like I can watch the current season of Power Rangers – because I was around for the original Power Rangers and it's for my education. Or I can watch like I can watch like TV shows based on comic book properties because for similar reasons. But I do feel weird. I do feel weird about uh watching like I've never watched Adventure Time or uh yeah, Steven Universe or also the commercials shows. make Steven out. Universe look super dumb. It's so not. It's a very smart show. Although it does, it is a whole, like the first couple episodes are a little bit rough to get through, but man, does it get rewarding later on. But I, I don't, I, I don't know if it would be your kind of show anyways. It's, it's a great show, but it's, it's obviously not for everybody. Um, but pretty much the fusions in, in a Steven Universe work from like gems confused together and they have to do a little dance and they have to like each other to some degree mm. or at least have some kind of emotional connection because there's like a neg- there's some negative fusions um and yeah that's pretty much how that works and they become like a new they don't combine their names together um mm. you typically it's more like um for an instance amethyst and pearl become opal and they get like more limbs depending on how many people fused into it which i love <laughs> most sometimes sometimes they don't get extra limbs but i do like that that's a thing. They, they, they look really cool. They're really shiny, and like the fusion, like dances are all really good, and all the characters have like their own instrument that plays for like the fusion dances. And ah, I love it. I could just talk about Steven Universe for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere online, there's a really good actual. There's actually a good um, breakdown of their of their dances and the song and the music that plays with it, and how what the, when they fuse in. The character that's created, there is actually a fusion of their songs, to yeah. like just and it's it's it. kind of interesting. And this has because been said, like, the Pearl's universe got, like, and Steven, our Steven Universe <laughs> rewatch podcast. I was say, like Pearl's got piano, like uh, uh, Amethyst's drums, and like uh, Garnet has a like, synth bass thing, and it kind of like combines the instruments to make the songs. And ah, it's so cool. Music in that in that show is amazing. I love it. All right, so I think we got one more question. Yep, uh, we got a question from Eric or the Moon Rules, and they ask if they were in G one, what would their transport forms be? And I'm guessing because uh, I I had when I put the question up, I put a picture of Air Razor and Tigertron. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, yeah. So I'm guessing specifically refers to him, but I'm pretty sure we can talk about others too. Uh, um, Air Razor would be a plane. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't um, 
Maybe a target trauma would be some jet? sort of a hybrid car. What's a transport <laughs> form? Just, so like just a what car. a vehicle like, or, oh, what, or what car vehicle or would they be? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like like a Harrier jet's already taken by Starscream, so I don't think that could I think work. uh I think Air Razor would be a an electric razor <laughs> and um Tigertron uh would be a Tron arcade machine. You know, I was gonna say, with that said, with with Starscream being an air um a Harrier already uh, Air Razor and, and Pterosaur are very similarly designed. Yeah. So I actually could see her being a Harrier as yeah. like a female analog. That's a good guy to Starscream, actually. Mm. Um, Tigertron would be like, he would be like, I'm thinking like a Lamborghini or like a Jaguar. <laughs> Wrong cat, I know. But um, kind of like really sleek sports car. Actually, maybe. really, you know, really, he'd probably be a VW bus. <laughs> I was thinking that too. Or he'd be like, like some kind of hybrid idea, or like an ATV. Yeah, or hybrid something. could be cool too. Something you take into the the wild. Well, they didn't <laughs> have hybrids in the 1987, so he That's couldn't true. be a hybrid because that doesn't exist. Plus, hybrid wouldn't really work for Transformers because they just run on Energon. Yeah. <laughs> Would it burst my bubble? Well, yeah. those are my ideas for the forms. George <laughs> Jordan helped. Or a bike. Area. He could be a bike, like not a yeah. motorbike, just like well, a regular bike. Yeah. It's yeah, a regular yeah. bike. That's a, that's a BMX. <laughs> Again, this is the 80s, not the 90s. <laughs> I don't know. Were BMX bikes a thing in the 80s? Maybe they were. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> if, you haven't, if you haven't heard of it, Kendall, you should check out a movie called Rad. It is <laughs> oh, my completely God. Completely 80s. What about so, the dirt bike So, so 80s. Yes, that Remember one, too. That? Yes. With the magical living. With the magic dirt bike that he yeah. washes all the mud off of. You guys, did you guys hear my suggestion of ATV? Because that's kind of like a dirt bike. But Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. And so finally, we have a news post once again from Casey. Uh, they send us, uh, "Hey there, Beastos. Casey here, back in written form to bring you all that juicy Transformer news. This week, the news is le- leaning in a gamey direction. First up, Transformers Forge to Fight came out on mobile this week. Unfortunately, <laughs> oh, I haven't. Oh, it's out. Had- yeah." Unfortunately, okay. <laughs> I haven't had the chance to download the game and try it out myself yet. Yeah, I haven't had a chance yet either. Yeah, me neither. One notable bit of material released at launch was a short 30-second Rhinox vs. Grimlock video showing off the two big beast bots battling brutally. Nice uh, and they provide, Yeah, <laughs> and they provided, <laughs> provided a link. Um, it was also confirmed in an interview that new characters will be released every two weeks, like in Marvel Cont- Contest of Champions. No word on what characters will be next yet, though. The second bit of news is for this week is that later this month on the twentieth, an art or an update will be coming to the RTS game Transformers Earth Wars. By the way, I see that a lot on my Facebook feed since I started yeah, this. Yeah. I didn't know that, that was a game. That sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, that will add in Optimus Primal and Tyrannosaurus Megatron in as usable characters. And uh, there was a live stream last Thursday, April sixth, featuring Beast Wars TV show writer and just straight up important big name. Uh, Transformers writer Simon Furman about this upcoming update. Though, unfortunately, I missed it. Apparently, the plot of this update is that Grimlock, being an idiot, tried to bring back Transformers from the future, but accidentally brings them in from the past. Whoops. And, let's see, here's a link to the article that has some promotional art and character models of Primal and Megs from the game. They're both sporting new designs unique to the game that kind of give off a cyber kaiju sort of vibe. 
They're not my personal favorite designs for the characters, but at the very least, they both look better than their Beast Machine designs. If yeah, you, have, you have a link to these pictures? I like to yeah, I, I forgot to put them in there. Their, their designs are like the header and then some uh, some of the things at the like below it. There's also a it, there's also an embedded link in embedded link for the live stream, but it's offline now since you know that was before. Yeah. Um, what's again called? Uh, Beast Wars Earth or Transformers Earth Wars. Yeah. Which honestly, I've been seeing it so much that I'm like, eh, maybe I should give it a shot. But then I like I've got way too many apps already. Okay, so there's a link to the news. I was just gonna Google it. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah, those designs yeah. from the header. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, not my favorite either. No. <laughs> either. Uh, they look a little bit better to character. Even then, I was gonna say the character models themselves look a little bit better, but they still don't. It's actually kind of interesting in like the large, um, in like the the large thing where it's like the two forces standing off. You can see the Dino, the original Dinobots with. And some other ones like you know Grimlock and uh, Slag and and uh, Swoop and and such, but mm-hmm. you can also see on the other side like uh, I think some of the 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 robots that formed Predaking. Yep. And and the Insecticons. And isn't that I, I see some kind of tie from one of the Horrorcons or whatever those Terracons yeah. were called? Yeah. Like something like that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm noticing here too um, that there's like some kind of tiger and some kind of rhino on the on the Autobot side. Those are I blasters think, yeah, cartridges. I, yeah, that's oh, what I was. Okay. Those are blasters yeah. cartridges. I was gonna I was gonna ask if maybe they were like because this is this is an RTS, right? Yeah. yeah. So RTS is I they don't usually are they're not usually pure hero characters. They're like units. So I thought maybe yeah. like it, like I don't know how the actual game works, but I thought maybe the fact that they would have like these they introduced these um, heroes that are robot, that are beast beasties, um, mm-hmm. that they maybe introduced like like random soldiers that are also beasties. But maybe I guess that's not the case. Those are just blasters, cartridges. Mm-hmm. And then, and also, this week's final news item is a bit of departure from the video game theme of the first two, but it's still welcome news no- nonetheless. Hasbro via the Transformers Facebook page has confirmed that the first annual HasCon this September in Providence, Rhode Island, will have new Transformers product reveals and have convention-exclusive figures on sale there. HasCon was announced last year as Hasbro's big all-brands replacement for BotCon, the previously annual official Transformers convention that was run by Hasbro and Fun Publications after Hasbro ended their licensing agreement with Fun Pub last year. While big reveals and convention-exclusive toys may sound like an obvious given, there was a certain amount of worry that the move to a multi-brand convention might mean less love given to the Transformers brand than at BotCon. Maybe they'd only do convention-exclusive My Little Pony toys of Transformers characters, or maybe they just use the con to try and make G.I. Joe not look like their weakest brand by a country mile for the past (laughs) decade. Or maybe exclusive Play-Doh colors. Hasbro still hasn't revealed a lot of uh, of specifics about their new convention, but it's definitely reassuring to hear that they won't just be tossing everything aside. And then there was they... a little trailer that came out with Optimus Prime in it. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Casey says, "I'll leave you all with a question: If Optimus is King Kong and Megatron is Godzilla, what kaiju would the other Maxwell Wolves and Predacons be?" Adios till next week. <laughs> nice. Well, I think Silverbolt would be Bakugan. Is that his name? The dog-like one? 
Bak- Bakugan's uh, that Yu-Gi-Oh show. It's no, no, Yu-Gi-Oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> There's also there was also a the Bakugan maybe then. Could be. Um, I want to say that Waspinator would be like Mothra. Yeah. Okay, now you guys have officially said all of the kaiju monsters that I know. Unless unless you think somebody would be Mecha Godzilla. Waspinator well, that would be Transmetal so Megatron would be Mecha Godzilla. Because <laughs> Waspinator being Mothra would be like, because Mothra's a good guy and Waspinator's a bad guy. So it's kind of yeah. true. Mothra was a bad guy in the new one. It was was yeah. she? That's weird. Because Godzilla was the Baragon. good guy. That's who I was thinking of. Baragon. Well, I'm saying usually when Mothra shows up, she's either commenting Godzilla as Godzilla being a bad guy or she's teaming up with him. But in the 2014 one, they're actually enemies and Godzilla's the good one. Yes. I mean, I think that was supposed to be Mothra. I don't know. What about Hedora? Or, uh, hmm. It's hard to remember all uh, of them because I, I was not a very good, good at Dinobot remembering. Dinobot is Godzuki. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drawing a blank when I'm trying to brainstorm the other ones. I don't know if it's because my brain just doesn't want to work right now or if I'm just having trouble trying to think of other kaiju that would work for them. I don't know. Because I don't think there's, like, giant scorpions or anything like that in kaiju movies. No. I was trying to think if there was some way to fit Gamera into that, but I can't think of it. Yeah, there's not really... Well, maybe Rhinox would be Gamera. Yeah, I suppose it could be. I could see Rhinox being a friend to all children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anybody else got any suggestions as far as kaiju? Uh, no, I'm like, I'm not. I mean, did you say King Ghidorah would be Megatron? Because I think he would be. No, I think he uh, said, he said Godzilla, Godzilla would be, would be I Megatron. I think Ghidorah would be. But that's just me. Uh, yeah. Maybe in season three. I was going to say for later Megatrons. Uh, yeah. Becca King um, Ghidorah. Yeah. And maybe maybe Optimus Prime, Primal would be both King Kong and Ultraman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought the premise of this question was that Optimus Primal was yeah. King Kong and Megatron is Godzilla. That's how we're, that's how we're rooting ourselves. <laughs> okay, well then, yeah, I can't really think of anything else for anyone else because there's no okay. giant cat... Monster, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, no. I mean, if I oh, knew anything Jackson, about, maybe? I'm sure that it, I'm sure that if I knew anything about Godzilla movies, I would have an opinion. But I have literally seen Godzilla 2000 and the 2014 Godzilla movie and the TV show with Godzuki in it. That is the extent of my Godzilla knowledge. I've got the original Gojira, so I do. I do love some old school kaiju movies, but. It's hard to try and figure I, out what like, would take the place of something. I like the old school kaiju. I mean, I, I know quite a bit about the kaiju movies just from watching, like, Cinemassacres, like, mm-hmm. the whole series about every Godzilla movie. But, like, um, I th- they're all kind of similar in that they're, like, they're usually either big bugs or big lizards. So they're all Predacons, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a one that's a giant plant. Uh, I know that my favorite kaiju, just because of her name, is Denzel Troya! <laughs> yeah, that's all I really. Yeah. All right. Well, I think at this point, that's probably what we'll be able to squeeze out for those questions. Yeah, I want some pizza. <laughs> so sign um, off. Yeah. So, anybody got anything they want to plug before we sign off? 
Um, you can catch my artwork at dangertrader.tumblr.com and on my Twitter uh, at this is Emeralds and my Instagram at this is Emerald. And this week I actually posted something. Yay. I drew a <laughs> I drew a fan art of the character um, from the from CW's The Flash, uh, Gypsy. She I was watching it and I was just like, she's really gorgeous. I want to draw her, and I did. And then I put it on Instagram and tagged the actress, and she reblogged it and her reblog got 1200 something likes so that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That's it was really cool her her like the the what she said uh for the comment on it too like let me just read it out that was very heartwarming was um what just saw this badass drawing of gypsy by this is emerald you made my day thank you for this dopeness we were ridiculously rad very nice. Oh. Yeah. That's awesome. Um I just like to vo- vote uh a plug plug they see me rolling again and as well as jesse cooper's curio cast podcast for him since now that's where all of them are cool <laughs> there's uh i think they just recently did uh like they put out the third part of you uh the choose your own adventure story you are a monster which oh, i yes. could have sworn that uh like that we <laughs> that's that some of us were like posting around on twitter about like one of the lessons i've learned or some of the, the life lessons I learned from Choose Your Own Adventure Stories, and that was like the cover photo of the article <laughs> was, was the book they're reading. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, I'm uh, same stuff as always. Uh, <laughs> I want to actually plug Technodrome Tales, the Ninja Turtles podcast that I've been doing uh, with uh, Brad Bell of something where he does a toy review website i don't remember what it's called um but uh he uh yeah uh we've been doing this uh ninja turtles rewatch podcast uh we're a couple episodes in um and i always forget to plug it it's called technodrome tales like the thing from uh the show the technodrome (laughs) and uh you should uh and you should listen to it it's pretty good uh it's kind of like this show. If um, in, if we didn't summarize the episode, if we just uh, if we just focused more on uh, just major, we, we we have sort of major discussion points for the episode, and uh, and and uh, so it gives us a little more a little more time to be. Uh, I don't want to say off topic, but it's a little different format, and the episodes are a little shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I posted. A video, a ukulele video this week uh, for Jesus Doesn't Want Me for a Sunbeam uh, that I'm pretty proud of. So look that up on K Hallman, K H A L M A N. Also, the Kendall Cast feed uh, should have a new episode of the pull list up this week. Um, or this pat by the time this episode is posted, it will be posted. If not, if I'm not super lazy, um, uh, where my my old buddy from back in the original pull list podcast days we talk about uh we talk about comic books and uh we spent a weirdly long amount of time talking about how much uh, we actually both enjoyed batman versus superman because i haven't talked to him since that movie came out so hmm. um and uh yeah uh also um i'm just i was gonna try to time this out this joke out but i'm just gonna say it i'm gonna let greg uh kind of fix the timing in post but um <laughs> that's gonna totally happen but uh but but cheetor cheetor was matthew broderick that's that's <laughs> that's what i'll say all right um as always i shall plug audioentropy.com 
uh, got a bunch of great podcasts there, like Inside the Master Studio, uh, Teenagers <laughs> with Attitude, Totally Reprise, Transmission Radio. Um, so yeah, check that out. Also check us out on Twitter at Warren Beast uh, Podcast. Uh, check us out on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash war and beast podcast or slash group slash war and beast. Uh, I think it's just oh, war. It's slash group slash war and beast podcast. Um, and as well, I'll just uh, I'll do a little plug because I don't really plug stuff about myself often. Um, I did have a martial arts tournament last weekend and I did post a couple of little videos on our Facebook group as well as on Twitter. Uh, so you can sort of see what I do. And I put out like a couple of candles and cut an apple and stuff. So, yeah, that, it was really cool. Look at it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been another week, another episode down the drain. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there we go for this week. Uh, I've been Greg. I've been Emily. I've been Jordan. I've been Kendall. Let's roll. No! No! (laughs) Sorry for that, listeners, for us intruding on each other. That (laughs) shout at the end. (laughs) Were we both saying no? What was? What were you saying? I was saying I was saying pizza time in a reference to being pizza time and to your turtles cast. Oh. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I was I was waiting to say it's ducks all the way down, but. (laughs) <laughs> no one would get that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>